Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom. And I'm Drew. And this is the only podcast where we will guarantee the only thing you hear is mediocrity. Maybe even not even that today. What's less than mediocre? Just bad? Just being bad. My life? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Bum, bum, I have bum. a pretty great life. Mm. Uh, now, you're 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 a little under the weather and the weather's pretty low as it is uh, i have a i have the common cold which is yeah i mean as we know as men mm-hmm. might as well be a, a tornado coming debilitating through your i Fucking believe your shit up. yeah yeah <sighs> and, you know i think about because there's I, I now that i'm on instagram and therefore so much more funny than i was prior <laughs> <laughs> There's this fun meme that goes around where like women are like making fun of men because we just get wrecked by the common cold and they just shrug yeah. it off because like it's no big deal. That's because it is not a big deal to them. I don't get a period. I don't go through childbirth. I don't have to worry about being sexually assaulted walking down the street. The common cold is my fucking hill to die on. What okay? a hot take there. Of yeah. course, <laughs> it's easier for you guys. Your your lives are terrible. Yeah, you have real concerns, not this bullshit that I'm considering my big problem in life, right? Yeah. And now that our listenership is like 35% women, shockingly. Yeah. That seems like a good time. Yeah. If you you want, you can email us at mediocreconversations at gmail.com. Let us know how you feel about ailments yeah like oh guys the common cold not a big deal you're all wimps yeah we knew but thank you for confirming my suspicions yeah that's right so we're gonna keep it chill today a little maybe a little shorter than normal which is fine because we're talking about a show that was 30 minutes of content maybe Somewhere between 30 and 45. It was not a lot. So we watched the Ahsoka portion of uh, Tales mm-hmm. from a Jedi? Of a Jedi? Tales of the Jedi. Of the Jedi. There it is. Now, <clears throat> I learned a few things. Me too. One being that Ahsoka is not a Twi'lek or Twi'lek. Yeah. I feel terrible because they look similar with their... It's not hair, right? Uh, we call them head. So for Twi'leks, we call them head tails. Or um, in, for Twi'leks, they call them leku. L-E-K-K-U. Wow. Yep. Um, yeah. She's for, tor- Togrutin. That's correct. So oh. it's uh, they're completely separate species. I'm not exactly certain what they call their, I don't know what to call them, the cranial growths. They almost yeah. look like they, it almost looks like their heads are framed by yeah. some kind of like extra sensory. Hers are cat ears ish. Yeah. Everyone's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so a super interesting race. I, I always, I'm like, do those, do those have nerves? Can they feel those? I imagine they don't cut them. I imagine if you did, it would be a problem. I know for Twilix, it's like an extra sensory appendage oh so it's like an antenna so like sharks have like a little cluster of nerves or something in their noses that help them detect like electrical fields yeah 
and it's something similar to that like if you um were to cut off part of a leku on a twilic like they become dizzy and disoriented and it it's a problem interesting for them. forever is it sort of like when you cut if you were to trim a cat's whiskers on one side like they get fucked up oh i didn't know that right. that but, could be something uh, i only heard in high school uh, that didn't actually exist but well you went to high school in iowa and i did there's no truer source of information in the world than a high school in iowa that's right tucked between cornfields mm. yeah when but, i saw when i saw them like it starts out they're speaking in whatever the language is to gruden i would assume or yeah like yeah yeah uh and i was like what why are they doing that right i was like is this a type of twillick but Mm -hmm. then i did a little bit of research for the first time and uh, they're not twillick at all right but they're close um so it starts with her being born Right. And she's in a small little village. Yeah. Which is interesting because we've, we've seen some villages, not a lot, I don't think, but like they're, they're fairly common. Um, and we've seen things like uh, sprawling metropoli. Um we've seen small towns that are separated by nothing for miles and it's just sort of you know desert and then city and then desert and then city not a lot of suburbs in star wars so far yeah so i do get the feeling and we've talked about scale a number of times in star wars yeah um usually the scale that we see is like Coruscant or Naboo or traveling in space, right? Huge things. Mm -hmm. But this, you know, Disney seems to be trying to tell stories about smaller scale things. Yeah. And this is how the old canon felt was that Mm -hmm. you would like Luke Skywalker or whatever, like in the future would hear about some problem and he'd go to some planet that he'd never been to before and it's always like going to one of these little villages sure they really want to keep it sort of contained to where they're telling their story right and like some of that's some of that is familiar right like um luke luke and his moisture farm you know my grandparents had a farm so i was on one growing up and your neighbors are miles away and you're like oh yeah i'm gonna go see frank today it's going to go a couple miles to the east. Yeah. You know, but like it seems you're either ass to elbows or you have no neighbors or or just your town. And then the neighbors are the next town over, which is however right. far away it is. But the, but the cities, man, they are on top of each other. Uh, Coruscant is actually the entire planet is one huge city. See, that's crazy. Now, what do you think the ozone layer is like, or the atmosphere is like in a town like that? So on Coruscant, they have an artificial weather control system. 
oh and they gosh. actually regulate the weather of the planet. So like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to read up on Coruscant. Once they well, this is all old canon stuff, so it doesn't really count anymore, but um once the planet got to a point where the city was so large that it basically destroyed the ecosystem. Yeah. The the people who live there were going to die if they didn't fix that problem. Sound familiar? And uh they uh, figured out a way to like artificially control the, the weather. So like barometric pressure, pH, rainfall, all that stuff is controlled by a computer. Crazy. Man- managed by some branch of the government. Man, wonder which Bezos or Musk character <sighs> came up with that and then sold it and just living the, off of that. I think it's the Mothmas. That would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. Just JK. <laughs> uh, so an interesting thing happened. So they're, they're, they're born to a tribe and then she takes, it seems like a year when the kid's a year old, they take them hunting. So they clearly, they're not nomadic. They, they put down and then they just sort of live off the land around there still with their laser blasters, uh, wooden huts, but uh, laser blaster guns and, and stuff. And droids. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I thought that was interesting. Like, um, you know, she's talking to I think her husband, um, uh, Mr. I, I Mr. Imagine. Tano. I think. <laughs> I imagine, yeah. Yeah, if that's how surnames and and work in, in the, um in their tribe, who knows? Who knows? It's a good point. Um, he says something like you'll or or, or the Mrs. Tano says uh you'll insult the spirits like by not taking her hunting or whatever. And and he says the trees. Yeah. You know? So I think that's pretty interesting. Like they know the Jedi exist. We find out at the end, like they, they are well aware of that. I'm sure most people on most planets are, I'm not sure where this planet is in relation to anywhere. Uh, I don't, te- I don't even technically know so if the that's rim- like the Togruten homeworld. I mean, it could just yeah. be a- community a togruten pocket right yeah uh so that's interesting that i mean knowing that the force exists all kinds of different tribes and different backgrounds and different everything have to believe you know like we gave we we named the sun a god for a long time right because you know it came up and we stayed alive and then stuff like that and so we know that the force exists and we know that people can manipulate it so it's interesting and i'm curious what other sorts of spirits or gods or deities these other races or people believe in mm-hmm. because of the existence of the force and, and like the jedi have their meanings for it and then all of these other people have their own attributes for it right yeah i don't even necessarily know that they were referencing the force i think they were just yeah kind of chatting about their own kind of spirituality which is nice to see um star yeah. wars include other religious uh points of view in the content but i mean i get the feeling i really got the like like a native american sense from this yeah group of people yeah for sure you know ancestors spirits you know and like from what little i know about their religious beliefs like the American uh, Native Americans thought that like they lived in communion with spirits. It was mm-hmm. less like we're separated 
from them and more like they live and walk amongst us and like we're yeah. all part of the, something greater than ourselves and like what the way that i like to think about it is that disney is giving us smaller digestible pieces of spirituality mm-hmm. that make up bits and pieces of like what the jedi believe in sure <laughs> yeah know, like and- like their tribe clearly had a reverence for life all life right they respected it they also and they knew death's place in life but like they were you know when when she shot the animal and they you know said a little prayer the 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 tribes uh elder i don't know uh i don't know what she is healer i seeming to be you know she could kind of sense when the animal was killed and you know teaching the kid about that the kids won and it's just like yeah (laughs) this we need to do this sorry um but then what was also interesting so an animal comes a predator comes right and Uh, a saber-toothed tiger the size of a dodge ram it's ridiculously big yeah very big um, kind of didn't care about Ahsoka just sitting there for a minute until it cooed, and then it was like, okay, and then it got shot, and then it was like, well, I'm just gonna take you away then. Right. Didn't really want to eat it right away, although you get a sense that Ahsoka sensed it was there before it was, and then it took it away, it took her away, and then she's like calming the animal, touching its nose. The animal it seemed to like forget that it was there for a minute, right? It just drops it yeah, uh, on the ground. And then Soka gets up and then it's like, Oh, Hey, I'm hungry. And then she has to like re emphasize their connection or something touches its nose, which is adorable. And then, so that got me thinking. So clearly they can either form a connection through the force or control through the force animals. So, uh, usually reaching out, to, um, an animal in some way, shape, or form is one of the, maybe not the easiest, but like maybe the most intuitive um, early manifestations of force powers for lots of young, you know, what we would consider a youngling. Sure. Um, Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels uh, forms an attachment to a, a lo- what they call a loath cat, these kind of like wild felines, um, kind of mischievous little cats. <laughs> and, uh, one of his larger kind of force inclinations is that he can reach out and make connections with animals pretty easily. Hell yeah. There's a, some kind of like threatening creature on an asteroid, like that lives in the pack that he meet, he reaches out some kind of uh, connection with. And then later on in the series, like near the end, there's this group of like, spacefaring whales for the last of a lack of a better term called like Mm -hmm. purgles or something Mm -hmm. and he has a moment through the force with them and then also on that show there are these um force in i don't know about imbued but like there's this uh collection of wolves that have like some kind of connection to the force so like animals in the force have always had a relationship with one another interesting so Ahsoka, I think, very clearly like reaches out to this cat in order to, you know, calm it down, but also like form a connection. 
probably out of self-preservation to some extent. And we have Ezra as an example. And I had another one for a second, but I'm sick. So I forgot, (laughs) but I'm I'm surprised that I, maybe they will, but like, it seems like there are a couple of different, quite a few different ways you can go with like how you use the force and interact with the force. Like, so, so the end of this, right. uh, Ahsoka through the force convinces the, the saber tooth Dodge Ram to, walk her back to the tribe and it's just like hey here you go drops it off and then kind of scampers away right and then everyone's like how the fuck and then the elder lady she's like oh she's a jedi yeah which i thought was interesting um because there have to be different force users besides the jedi that exist in the universe but not nearly as prominent Sure. Not, not nearly as prominent, but I'm, I'm surprised. I don't know. I, I feel like what they could do or, or what maybe, I don't know, is people that use the force through nature, sort of like druids, right? Where it's just like they're, they're better at, or more in tune to like using it through animals and in companionship with them and using them to, to kind of, go around and have these connections and, you know, with plants and animals or plants maybe as well. I don't know, but like, I would think that just what we've seen from, uh, from their tribe, right. The more connection with life and uh, nature and reverence for, for life and animal life and everything that they would maybe know of some other force using community that would more align with how they you know live their lives mm-hmm. instead of just yes let's send her to be an emissary for uh the national the, the galactic government right um usually the way that the stories have been told in the past um is as opposed to a different group other than the jedi that is somewhere away from where their tribe is mm-hmm. usually what ends up happening is like there's like a subsect of their own tribe. Yeah. That are force users who usually hold like, right. Like a shaman or. Yeah. 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 That's what I would think. Like, she's like, Oh, I have that too. I'll, I'll, I'll train her to be the next watcher of our tribe sort of deal. And if, and if I don't know, we don't know how Ahsoka ends up with the Jedi order, but that's true. Assuming um, she never went. She that very easily could have been her future. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would, that'd be. I'd love to see some force users that are just like, "Hey, what's up? These are my pet saber tooth Dodge Rams that we work together." And they. So there's two. There's two really groups that I think you should look into. Um, the Night Sisters of Dathomir have Rancor mounts. Mm. They ride on Rancors like. Yeah, Boba Fett did Book of Boba Fett, <clears throat> and then um, there was a book uh, years ago now, and it was about Mace Windu, and he w- was fighting in the Clone Wars. He ended up crashed on this planet, and there was a uh, sub. There was a sect of people who 
viewed the like the dark side of the force they called it pelicotan and <clears throat> that was their how they envisioned the force right like that's sure. how they naturally came to it and there was this really powerful shaman guy like he reminded me a lot of conan the barbarian he couldn't verbalize speech but he could speak through the force oh okay only time i've ever been figure aware. that out yeah and uh so like it was really weird so i listened to the book on audio tape and when this guy would talk this is what mace would hear so this would be what he heard in the background it'd be like this growling gibberish be like it'd be like something like that but that would be in the in the background and then you would hear this guy in the foreground and he would be like you never should have come to Mm, this planet you know you're so like the force like translating kind of yeah so which is interesting because there's no known so like wookies can't verbalize basic right Mm -hmm. han solo can understand what chewie's saying because he can he understands shuri wook which is their language and chewie can understand what han is saying because he can understand basic but he can't physically pronounce it so they can talk to one another but not in the same language but the force can't do that the force for whatever reason or we haven't seen it yet can't translate a language so that you can understand what someone else is saying oh sure interesting So, so that was the first episode again, very short. It was like 13 minutes. Yeah. The second one was nine minutes. Yeah. But (laughs) I think even more important, which we'll get to. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't have a lot for this one. So I'm, I felt like maybe I missed a bunch of the nuance from it, but so basically a couple of things that I, I kind of picked up and I, and I, I did a little bit of uh, reading up on Ahsoka afterwards. So there was, definitely some some subtext that i was missing with you know her relationship with rex and stuff yeah but so she's like training against these droids the same droids that you see luke train on in the spaceship when he first figures out that he's special and you know she's training and was like oh there's this new there's these new droids that are way cooler they're supposed to mimic actual droids blah blah and she like whips their ass or whatever yeah Anakin seems super pissed at the whole thing. Weird. <laughs> right. And uh he's basically just like to me, he was like, This this is the new tech, this is the new hotness, and it's fucking shit. Uh, yeah. Right, right. Which is the these still aren't gonna train. I mean, there's always gonna be limitations to simulations, right? Right. But uh he seemed like genuinely angry about it. she's like hey how did i do master he's like well do you really want me to tell you how shitty this is because i'll do it right and then he's like um, it's not you it's it's the training right which is it's just weird him being all pissy about it but i i guess you know that's just is he is it is he disenfranchised right now yeah. at this time at, at, with the jedi He's well to to some extent. I think that he's always been disenfranchised because the Jedi never really wanted to train him. Right? Yoda and Mace basically were like, it's a "Good point. We're not going to train you. You're too old." Yeah. And he was like, and then Qui Gon was like, 
no, I'll trade him. You can just promote Obi. It's, it's all cool. And they're like, uh, we'll promote who we want to promote. Shut the fuck right. up. So like, but Anakin, his point of view has always been rooted in the real world. Yeah. Right? Like what you're going to see at boots on the ground kind of thinking, right? Like, yeah, he grew up in the shit. He was a slave. Like he got abused. Like his mom was abused. His mom was a slave. Like he had, you know, <clears throat> he hated it. Yeah. And um, I think that there's a part of him that's always been like, well, the, the council's up here in their ivory tower and they don't really understand what's going on in the world and, you know, the galaxy. And yeah. uh, this test reflects that. It's like, yes, it's going to, tr- it's going to test your reflexes. Yes. It's going to, but like, you're never going to fight against these little tiny floaty balls. Right. Right. And it's so like, what, this, what this is, is the this? new hotness. This is the, this is the best that they have. And this is shit guys. Well, it's like I get I, I more get the feeling that like, it's like <clears throat> if I make to stick with our Dodge Ram analogy from the last episode. Sure. Like if you only ever tested a truck in in a lab, you know. Right. And in you a never vacuum. Sent it out, yeah. If you never put it out on the road, like how do you know how good the truck's going to be? Yeah. That's what these little balls are. It's just like that's not something that wants to kill you. Yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah. programming, you know. So yeah. So he doesn't think there's a lot of value. He's right. But of course yeah. she wants his approval. Mm-hmm. So she's willing to basically she so she comes up and says, I'll take any test you want. You know, just name it. I'll go do it. To her credit, she does. Like, yeah, and up. she did awesome at it. She, she, so it's like well, it's like not her fault he hates the test. He still could have been like, No, you did great. That thing sucks, but you did great. Instead, he was like, That thing sucks. I think let me know when you want a real test. Right course and she was just like fucking name it then <laughs> right but i i think bitch about it. always withheld his approval from ahsoka because he knows it's it the sith way her. well kind of <laughs> in, in a in a weird kind of way yeah like he knows that she, that's something that she wants and if it if he knows that's going to motivate her. He can manipulate her into becoming better. And like, he says it like, I'm your man's master. It's my responsibility to make sure that you're safe. And so he pushes her extremely hard, probably harder than most masters would push their padawans. Yeah. And it's hard to argue he's wrong because she's one of the most accomplished Jedi Knights well, we, she's not technically a Jedi Knight, but no. yes, she is. But like <laughs> in history at this point. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so he, he gets some, he gets a, a, a group of soldiers together mm-hmm. to create their own sort of simulation. Yeah. Captain Rex's squad. And they just shoot at her on stun. But getting hit by one of those things knocks her out for an hour. I don't know if you knew this, but losing consciousness for any amount of time, super bad. Uh, we were before the podcast. We were speaking about a, a manner <laughs> in which I I previously lost consciousness. Yeah, um, it real bad. It's not fun. I wouldn't recommend it. But um, this group, Captain Rex's group, that's the five hundred and first Legion. That's the group that Anakin marches on the temple with in three. Yeah, those guys. So they're good at their jobs. 
But yeah, so they basically stand around her in a circle and these real life people shoot at her with real life stun bolts and she's got to block them all. And they just, you know, it's that same kind of thing. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Miracle about the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team. Oh, yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it is a great movie. <clears throat> and, um, you know, they they brought all these kids together and they're putting them through their practices and they're just, they play like an exhibition game. They just get their asses handed to them. So yeah. before they even get off the ice, the coach, Herb's, Herb somebody, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, he was like, we're going to run sprints. Get them on the line. Here's a whistle. Fucking send them. And they just send them up and down, up and down, up and down until it's like, they're just exhausted. They're vomiting on the, on the oh, ice. You can the, tell these guys were done. The crew the that run the ice rink are like, we got to lock up. And he's like, leave the keys. I want to go home. Yeah. yeah I got macaroni. I'll and run it. I'll turn it all off and everything. Leave the keys. Get out of here. Uh, team hosting us for a game. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't. I don't have time for this shit right now. So, um, so up until this point in the movie, they've been asking these kids like where they're from, and they say the colleges or whatever that they're playing for. Yeah, and so, um, there these kids are about dead, and one of them says like, you know, he starts up and like, I play for the United States of America. Then he lets yeah. them go home, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Great <laughs> you know, scene. It's, yeah, it's a fantastic scene. Forgot why I'm telling you the story. It's all right. It's a good yeah. story. No, so the five hundred first is is surrounding Ahsoka, right? And they're and they're they're re, they're relentless. Like she wakes up an hour later. Oh and yeah. Then, so like, and then Anakin's like, okay, we're gonna do it again. Well, let's run it again. Send and it again. more and more intense because she keeps getting hit. Right. Right. So cut to like time is time is elapsing over this. So, so you get the sense that she's been doing this a while. Yeah, we but, see her get her second yeah. saber. Yeah. yeah, 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 which is badass. But you know, to the point where, uh, they're like, "Hey, you made it five minutes that time." This was like years later, right? She's just been doing this, and they're like, "Hey, good job, new record, five minutes without getting shot," right? So yeah, he was pretty relentless in that, although. She didn't say that she was with the Team USA at the end. Yeah. So there's two things about this episode that I want to talk about before we move on to the last yeah. one. Yeah. Number one, when uh, she goes to fight the little glowy balls in mm -hmm. the first one, in the first part of it, there's people sitting there watching her. There's Yoda and Mace and Obi. Yeah. And then there's a, a female Jedi Master in her Padawan. Yeah. That woman, her name is Deepa Balaba. And her Padawan is Kanan Jarrus. Okay. Um, well, I guess uh, his name at that time was Caleb Doom. He is the star of Rebels. Oh. He, he becomes the Jedi Knight who trains Ezra Bridger. Yeah. Who will, who will be the focus, focus point of the show Ahsoka. She and another member of the Rebels cast are going to go find him and bring him back. Nice. Okay. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> Like, yeah, so he's sitting in the bleachers there, just geeking out while she's doing yeah. her twill or her twirls and flips and shit. Caleb Kanan Jarris has goes out like an absolute boss. It's like a completely heart wrenching scene. Well, and oh man, it's it, he's a fantastic character, voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. Hmm. A um, he's a Star Wars fan, an avid defender of Star Wars. Yeah. So um, 
And then <clears throat> the other thing I want to talk about in this episode, when you were talking about nuance. Yeah. At the end, she and Rex are about to go through a door. Yeah. And she's pretending to be his prisoner. And they walk out into this, what ends up being like a loading bay for like aircraft. And there's just dozens and dozens and dozens of clone troopers. Yeah. She holds all of them off for like ever while they try and escape. And she's trying to buy Rex time mm, to get okay. them a, something to get out of there. And she holds off every single one of those guys forever. It's it just, it's, it's, you get to see the entire sequence at the end of the Clone Wars television show. It's in like one of the last two episodes. Oh, okay. It's so unbelievably impressive. I know it's a yeah. cartoon. And sure. Just, sure. But like, there's five Jedi ever that could do that. I so think. then in the TV show, you just see her in the middle of that. And this yeah. sort of gives you that one, that little conversation that they have right before going out into it. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, Ooh, I bet this is really cool for people that know what the fuck's going on right now. It's, it was, <laughs> yeah. you know, like when you're like a little kid and you used to go to the beach or whatever, yeah and like you would like try and like you you put your hands out and try and stop the wave from coming in yeah 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 that's what that would be like except she does it yeah it's an unbelievably impressive character now is she someone who's super good with the force just because she practices and trains and and works so hard to try and be good so to my knowledge, there's no, there's nothing special, quote unquote, about Ahsoka Tana's connection to the Force. Right. We don't. The only time we've ever gotten a midichlorian count is for Anakin yeah. Skywalker. Annie, yeah. And the only thing we know about his count in relation to other Jedi is that it's greater than Master Yoda's. Now, I would say that Ahsoka Tano's connection to the Force is not as potent as Yoda's. Mm-hmm. So. I would consider her to be average to above average of people who are connected to the force. But I did want to comment on what you said about like her training. She is um, certainly dedicated to learning the skills that she's going to need. Right. Yeah. But the thing about Ahsoka Tano that I think brings that whole package together is that the force is her ally in like the truest sense of that term. Like she understands on like, I think a level that a lot of Jedi or force users never really reach that um, she is working in concert with this thing. Yeah. On like a, a level that I think you don't get unless you like you have to you have to go through a crucible, I think. And she certainly did in the Clone Wars to reach that place. And like her faith was tested in the order and perhaps even in the force. And she came through that. Like her skills were tested just by being in all those conflicts. Like her emotions were tested by like her relationship with Anakin. Um, you know, and his fall to the dark side, yeah. which she finds out much later. But um 
like in this third episode, she faces off against an Inquisitor, and like we've seen how deadly they can be. Yo, but like it was that, it was uh, it was an was impressive nothing. thirty no fifteen second fight, if that right. It was like ten seconds maybe. I mean, like she has nothing. She has no weapon. Yeah, she is. She is walking into a situation blind. Yeah, the the guy the other guy has all the cards. You know, and she just wrecks him. Um, it's not close. I took karate for a short time some years ago, and you know you're with a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing, and you're doing these prearranged drills and whatnot where you're like trying to hit some, you're throwing a punch at somebody, and they're supposed to block it and everything right and so you know most of new people they're real stiff they're real rigid and just like trying to you know throw punches hard like not trying to hurt you but like and and, you know you tell them to line up and they're just like a brick wall you can't do anything right and then like what at one point someone who had been doing karate for a very long time came in and like practiced trained with us and you know everyone you know we just go down the line doing stuff. And so when I got to him, this dude was so loose right up until he did, he wanted to not be right. Like you just line up and he's just, he's just so languid and casual right up until either he needs to block a hit that you were doing or give a hit to you. And then, and then that's, he would just spring an action, you know, on a dime. And that's what she did, right? Like she's all tense and shit. And then he's like, oh, hello. So, and then you just see her hand just go limp. And she's just like so loose. And then he just takes a couple swings at her. She just moves out of the way and then grabs grabs his fucking sword, you know, turns it off. It was just like, hey, what's up? And then takes it away from him and then just cuts him down immediately. And I wrote down a note. I was like, who the fuck is this inquisitor? Never mind. Because he's just, he's nobody now, right? Right. So we have talked about how Sith make their blades. Yeah. Well, after the after the Clone Wars television show, Ahsoka gives up her lightsabers and moves on. Her green from ones? That, from that life. Yeah, well, yes. So when she left the Order, she gave her green ones back to Anakin when she when she walked away from the Order. Then there was another season, and she came back for the final arc in that season, and um, she didn't rejoin the Order, but Anakin gifted her two blue lightsabers, one regular size, one Shoto. Oh, interesting. And she fought Darth Maul and beat him with those sabers. Yeah. She's a fucking beast. <laughs> and um, then after she takes on all those clone troopers and she and Rex ex- escape they bury all the people who are on that transport because they die. And at their graves, she leaves her lightsabers. And eventually Vader um, comes to investigate the crash and he's in his black suit now. And he finds the blades that he gave her. So he knows that she's alive and that's, and that's how the show ends. Oh, wow. And it's just really sad. Yeah. But like, when she, and so she doesn't have a lightsaber. So we see her in this episode, like 
she's basically working on some farm like bailing hay or whatever like just to make ends yeah i got obi-wan vibes yeah the the kenobi show you know where she's just doing manual labor staying low-key she's outcast or she's an outsider right not really talking to anybody but then what the same thing that happens it always happens when a superhero is trying to lay low someone almost dies and then you have to use your secret special powers to to yeah unless you were obi-wan in the in that in the middle of that he would have let someone die i think but uh she did not uh yeah and it's it's so it's so funny like they're they're bailing hay so like the that that's all they're doing they have that this one droid with the legs that we don't see a lot of legged legged droids because this this droid's got all of them <laughs> yeah he's he's got an r2 head and then he's got some arms and legs really tall yeah uh but then i thought it was interesting that we saw another person's or, or they were kind of discussing their views on palpatine a bit in this one yeah so the crew Balin Hay here has um stopped to eat and this one young pretty young adult <clears throat> is uh explaining his views on <clears throat> well if you're loyal to the empire you don't have any reason to be afraid of them right and right is which a is rational. a fundamental misunderstanding <laughs> right of the which he he learns pretty well here in a few minutes but like um and all the other people are kind of like oh okay rolling their eyes at him and then he catches on to the fact that ahsoka is a jedi and so she and this guy's sister end up going on like a little supply run or sales run yeah they go to sell sell their bales yeah and they come back and the inquisitor set everything on fire and like is captured um the brother at least one of the other people that was close to them and all the other people that were working there you don't see them anymore they all well we see some bodies <clears throat> yeah because they're they're dead and um damn disney what damn yeah, no disney kidding. i know they make you care and then they snatch that shit right away <laughs> but um the Inquisitor is rough handling a uh, roughhousing and manhandling this guy who turned in Ahsoka. Yeah. And the the kid's like, Bro, I'm trying to help you. I should get a reward. And he was like, Your reward will be to live or something. <laughs> no, no. That was not <laughs> at first he at first he's like, uh, you fucking brought me out here because of a Jedi, and there's no Jedi here. No. Uh that's why he burned the whole thing down. And he's like, I want my reward. And then she shows up, right? And then he's like, there she is. Fucking told you. Give me my reward. And the Inquisitor is like, okay, here's your reward. And he tries, he steps behind him and tries to cut him in twain. And Ahsoka uses the force to uh, save uh, this person's life who tried to turn her in. Yeah. And it's funny because then the Inquisitor was like, oh, shit. She really is. It's Ahsoka. I want my reward, which is like uh, exactly what 
everyone knew would happen except that guy if you and turned him into the empire like these people which you know that's a big problem too right like even during our times of of war and whatnot right like hey look out for these people uh they bad and then people who don't really care but would like to eat and would like to thrive and are tired of being stuck in the farm town village bailing hay all day because we can make droids do certain things, but not others. Apparently, even though we have bailing, we have bailers right now. Anyway, anyway, but of course that's, what's going to happen. The, the, it happened in the, uh, Dooku Dooku stories too. Right. It's just like, Oh, I'm tired of not eating. I bet if I helped out the people that are oppressing everyone, although they don't, I guess they don't view it as oppression. Well, sometimes they're, they're, they're not oppressing me. Right. They're going to help me because I'm not, I'm not one that they're oppressing. So I'll help them out because they seem to have all the power. Right. That's the well, whole deal. Sometimes you just got to get your next uh, yeah. meal taken care of. But, but then that's sort of the antithesis of, yeah. of, um, dark force users right is it's like hey guy i got you what you wanted what's my reward and he's like well i'm gonna tell everyone i found it you know why because i'm the only one alive that knows (laughs) so they have a two-second fight not even really a fight the dude tries his hardest and uh so uh, it was very reminiscent to me of Obi-Wan and Maul's fight at the end of Rebels. So um, Maul tracks down Obi-Wan to get revenge for cutting him in half on Naboo 30 years earlier. Sure. And uh, Man, hold a grudge much? Some people just kind of hang on to something, I guess. I've never been cut in half, but I imagine it leaves a mark. Well... If anything, you should thank him, right? Because like they yeah. get their power from anger and and stuff, right? The Sith, they do. So yeah. he's just like, I, since you cut me in half, man, I've been I've been able to do some shit that I never knew was possible, man. Thank you. And uh, it was interesting that fight is um, a mirror fight of the one that Maul and Qui Gon had on Naboo in Episode uh, One. Yeah. And it's interesting because they start off and they're like doing these different like stances, like stances. Yeah. And so like Obi starts out in a certain stance, Maul's Maul counters with his stance. Yeah, yeah. So Obi Wan switches to the same one that Qui Gon had when he fought, and you can see the recognition. Oh yeah, face. yeah, yeah. And so Obi Wan has had this plan probably in his head for like. 20 years right he's like, uh given qui-gon uh, uh the send-off right he's he's yeah. having qui-gon kill him instead of himself because that he doesn't usually fight in qui-gon style no right so it's sort of it's a great scene and so uh we all know that like um maul hits qui-gon in the face with his with this pommel yeah and then spins around and puts the saber through his chest right so he goes for that move and obi-wan just cuts this, the pommel and maul in half right down the old center line yeah took eight took eight seconds <clears throat> so i got super obi-wan maul vibes from this fight because it's just like oh yeah he comes at her and she was like oh neat and then she just 
like takes his blade away from him like you shouldn't have that you don't understand how to use this i'm gonna i'm gonna show you how she kills him and then she redeems those white those crystals oh okay so she like i don't know how but like she reverses that process and she has two white bladed lightsabers which is oh that's so cool it's fucking sweet and like her pommels they like they like fit in i don't even know how to describe it but like when she when she draws her blades she draws them out of each other oh it's so cool man she's she's my second favorite star wars character is obi-wan your first that's correct How do you think she would have turned out if Obi-Wan trained her? That's an interesting question. Um, She would not have been pushed as hard. I think that she would have not had the same kind of critical thinking because even though she and Anakin didn't necessarily agree on everything, she saw the way that he approached dealing with higher forms of authority. And I think that when that's your example, especially because she was like 10 years, 10 or 11 years old, maybe 13, when he became her her yeah. master, that like by the end of it, she's probably 17 or 18 years old. You know, and like in your formative years, if that's the example of like how you deal with certain situations, some of that's going to rub off. Yeah. You know, so, so she, like, she's so, she's so anakin's aggressiveness and hers kind of mesh together well so i would say that like if obi-wan had taught her she'd be a rule follower but because she was given this kind of like headstrong disagree when it's appropriate or even sometimes when it's not appropriate um viewpoint that anakin um imprinted on her i think those her natural her personality and like his example merged into this thing where it's like i understand that this is the time where i have to push back because it's the right thing to do yeah and even though it's not going to be considered like by the book or what was asked of me or even like it's going to alienate some people that i respect i'm going to have to do this because it's the right thing and it just it turns her into I don't know. Just, I mean, like, I just can't wait for the next chapter of this character's life, to be honest. Yeah. Well, she's had uh, she's had some rough times during her training, right? Like, she kind of lost a whole team of people in a battle. So one of her, um, one of the first episodes of the Clone Wars television show, she like gets put in in control of like a squadron of pilots and some of them die and she has a tough time with it because she's like 14 right and there's game type stuff over there (laughs) yeah oh very much so and it's like how am i supposed to be responsible yeah for other people's lives like that's that's not something that the jedi (laughs) typically find themselves like in a role like they, they're happy to like mediate something or they might even make a decision that other people have to live by that could alter someone's life but like they're they're supposed to be peacekeepers they're not supposed to be yeah and i mean generals. like what what qualifies them for tactical things such as leading military squadrons nothing 
Yeah. Just because you are one with the force that gives you a, a little bit of an edge somehow. So I would say, so like the Republic didn't have a military, no a stand, they didn't have a standing military. And in absence of that, I think that you would default to the people who could a remain objective and B have like the ability to look into the future a little bit. Yeah. So, but like then some people were just kind of gravitate to that. Like Anakin, I think really found his calling when he was in command of the 501st, like Mm -hmm. that kind of was like a natural fit. Like, I think Obi-Wan didn't like it, but was good at it. Obi-Wan seems to be like, he would be reluctant at just about anything, but still be good at it. I think that Obi-Wan would be like, he's the kind of guy that's like, I'm just reading this book until I need to go do something, you know, like, yeah, I'm just going to read this book. And then you want me to go sign like a mining dispute? Where am I going? Okay. I'll put the book down. And then I go, I went and did that and I did it to the best of my ability. And then I came back and I'm just going to read my book again. Well, uh, he's called the negotiator, right? Right. General Kenobi. So (laughs) your cold makes you, uh, improves your grievous. I think. Thank you. And I, I applaud you for knowing that reference. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm excited for her, her show. That'd be, that'll be nice. She's great in it. Uh, what's her name? Who plays her? Rosario Dawson. There it is. Yeah, I, I really liked her in uh, Mandalorian, for sure. Yeah, I did too. My, I mean, and I, I don't have anything against Rosario Dawson. I like her. I just wish that Ashley Eckstein had been given. Sure. So that would have been so cool. But I, I understand why they went with Rosario Dawson. Yeah. We, 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 can't, win, we can't win every battle. No, <clears throat> no. Even Anakin knew that. He tried though. <laughs> All right, a nice short and sweet one for you today. Yeah, I wish I was um, feeling better, but I can already feel my eyelids getting heavy and my, my voice <laughs> is starting to go. So, so I don't know. We'll figure something out to talk about next week, I guess. Yeah, maybe maybe we could get some suggestions. Maybe oh yeah, some people, Max Hermans out there in Germany, or our, our good friend Chris Winkle Hermans. Yeah. If you want yeah, to hear us drone on about something, we'll we'll try and make it entertaining for you. Otherwise, we're just going to do whatever we want, and um, that's never good. So, again, mediocreconversations at gmail.com, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. And may the force be with you. <laughs>